0: A woo a hand clap a high-fiver. I kind of like the high-five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At ChumbaCasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino-style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses, so don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at ChumbaCasino.com.
1: No purchase necessary. BDW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18+. plus. Chapter 4, Part 1 of Adam Bede by George Eliot. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Tom Denham. Home and its Sorrows A green valley with a brook running through it, full almost to overflowing with the late rains, overhung by low-stooping willows. Across this brook a plank is thrown, and over this plank Adam Bede is passing with his undoubting step, followed close by Jip with the basket, evidently making his way to the thatched house, with a stack of timber by the side of it, about twenty yards up the opposite slope. The door of the house is open, and an elderly woman is looking out, but she is not placidly contemplating the evening sunshine. She has been watching with dim eyes the gradually enlarging speck for which the last few minutes she has been quite sure is her darling son, Adam. Lisbeth Bede loves her son with the love of a woman to whom her firstborn has come late in life. She is an anxious, spare, yet vigorous old woman, clean as a snowdrop. Her grey hair is turned neatly back under a pure linen cap with a black band round it. Her broad chest is covered with a buff neckerchief, and below this you see a sort of short bedgown made of blue checkered linen, tied round the waist and descending to the hips, from whence there is a considerable length of linsey-woolsey petticoat. For Lisbeth is tall and in other points too there is a strong likeness between her and her son Adam. Her dark eyes are somewhat dim now, perhaps from too much crying, but her broadly marked eyebrows are still black, her teeth are sound, and as she stands knitting rapidly and unconsciously with her work-hardened hands, she has as firmly upright an attitude as when she is carrying a pail of water on her head from the spring." There is the same type of frame and the same keen activity of temperament in mother and son, but it was not from her that Adam got his well-filled brow and his expression of large-hearted intelligence. Family likeness has often a deep sadness in it. Nature, that great tragic dramatist knits us together by bone and muscle, and divides us by the subtler web of our brains, blends yearning and repulsion, and ties us by our heart-strings to the beings that jar us at every movement. We hear a voice with the very cadence of our own, uttering the thoughts we despise. We see eyes are so like our mother's, averted from us in cold alienation, and our last darling child startles us with the air and gestures of the sister we parted from in bitterness long years ago. The father to whom we owe our best heritage, the mechanical instinct, the keen sensibility to harmony, the unconscious skill of the modelling hand, galls us and puts us to shame by his daily errors. The long-lost mother, whose face we begin to see in the glass as our own wrinkles come, once fretted our young souls with her anxious humours and irrational persistence. It is such a fond, anxious mother's voice that you hear as Lisbeth says, "'Well, my lad, it's gone seven by the clock. The dollars stay till the last child's born.' "'They wants thy supper, I'll warrant. "'Where's Seth? "'Gone out of summer's chapel, and I reckon.' "'Aye, aye. "'Seth's it no harm, mother. "'They mayst be sure.' "'But where's father?' "'said Adam quickly, as he entered the house, "'and glanced into the room on the left hand, "'which was used as a workshop. "'Hasn't he done the coffin for Thola? "'There's the stuff standing, "'just as I left it this morning.' "'Done the coffin?' said Lisbeth, following him, and knitting uninterruptedly, though she looked at her son very anxiously. "'Eh, my lad, he went after Treadleson this forenoon, and's never come back. I doubt he's got to the wagon overthrow again.' A deep flush of anger passed rapidly over Adam's face. He said nothing, but threw off his jacket, and began to roll up his shirt-sleeves again. "'What art going to do, Adam?' said the mother, with a tone and look of alarm. "'Thou wouldst na go to work again without hain' thy bitter supper.' Adam, too angry to speak, walked into the workshop. But his mother threw down her knitting, and, hurrying after him, took hold of his arm, and said, in a tone of plaintive remonstrance, nay my lad my lad they munna go wi out their supper there's the taters with the gravy in em just as thee likest em i saved em a purpose for thee come and have the supper come let it be said adam impetuously shaking her off and seizing one of the planks that stood against the wall it's fine talking about having supper when here's a coffin promised to be ready at broxton by seven o'clock to-morrow morning and ought to have been there now and not a nail struck yet my throat's too full to swallow victuals why they canst ha get the coffin ready said Lisbeth. they'd work thyself to death it would take thee all night to do it. what signifies how long it takes me Isn't the coffin promised? Can they bury the man without a coffin? I'd work my right hand off sooner than deceive people with lies in that way. It makes me mad to think on't. I shall overrun these doings before long. I've stood enough of them.' Poor Elizabeth did not hear this threat for the first time and if she had been wise, she would have gone away quietly and said nothing for the next hour. But one of the lessons a woman most rarely learns is never to talk to an angry or a drunken man. Lisbeth sat down on the chopping-bench and began to cry, and by the time she had cried enough to make her voice very piteous, she burst out into words. "'Nay, my lad, my lad!' "'they wouldstna go away and break their mother's heart, "'and leave their father to ruin. Thee wouldstna hear carry me to the churchyard, "'and thee not to follow me. "'I shanna rest him a grave, if I dunna see thee at the last. "'And how's they to let thee know as I'm a-dying, "'if thee'd gone a-work in a distant parts, "'and theft belike be gone out of thee, "'and their father not able to hold a pen for his hand-shaking, "'besides not knowing where thee art?' They mun forgie thee, father. They munna be so bitter again him. He were a good father to thee afore he took to the drink. He's a clever workman, and taught thee thy trade, remember, and's never gain me a blow, nor so much as an ill word, no, not even in's drink. They wouldst no go to the workers. The own faither, and him as was a fine growed man and handy at everything almost as the art this end five-and-twenty year ago when thee was the baby at the breast lisbeth's voice became louder and choked with sobs a sort of wail the most irritating of all sounds where real sorrows are to be borne and real work to be done adam broke in impatiently "'Now, mother, don't cry and talk so. "'Haven't I got enough to vex me without that? "'What's the use of telling me things "'as I only think too much on every day? "'If I didn't think on em, why should I do as I do "'for the sake of keeping things together here? "'But I hate to be talking where it's no use. "'I like to keep my breath for doing instead of talking.' "'I know they dust things as nobody else'd do, my lad, "'but they'd alice so hard upon their father, Adam. thee thinks nothing too much to do for Seth. Thee snaps me up if I ever find fault with a lad, "'but thee would so angered with their father more nor with anybody else.' "'That's better than speaking soft and letting things go the wrong way, I reckon, isn't it? "'If I wasn't sharp with him—' He'd sell every bit of stuff in the yard and spend it on drink. I know there's a duty to be done by my father, but it isn't my duty to encourage him in running headlong to ruin. And what has Seth got to do with it? The lad does no harm as I know of, but leave me alone, mother, and let me get on with the work. Lisbeth dared not say any more, but she got up and called Jip thinking to console herself somewhat for Adam's refusal of the supper she had spread out in the loving expectation of looking at him while he ate it, by feeding Adam's dog with extra liberality. But Jip was watching his master with wrinkled brow and ears erect, puzzled at this unusual course of things, and though he glanced at Lisbeth when she called him, and moved his forepaws uneasily, well knowing that she was inviting him to supper, he was in a divided state of mind, and remained seated on his haunches, again fixing his eyes anxiously on his master. Adam noticed Jip's mental conflict, and though his anger had made him less tender than usual to his mother, it did not prevent him from caring as much as usual for his dog. We are apt to be kinder to the brutes that love us than to the women that love us. Is it because the brutes are dumb? Go, Jip, go, lad,' said Adam, in a tone of encouraging command. And Jip, apparently satisfied that duty and pleasure were one, followed Lisbeth into the house-place. But no sooner had he licked up his supper than he went back to his master— while Lisbeth sat down alone to cry over her knitting. Women, who are never bitter and resentful, are often the most querulous. And if Solomon was as wise as he is reputed to be, I feel sure that when he compared a contentious woman to a continual dropping on a very rainy day, he had not a vixen in his eye, a fury with long nails, acrid and selfish. Depend upon it, he meant a good creature who had no joy but in the happiness of the loved ones whom she contributed to make uncomfortable putting by all the tidbits for them and spending nothing on herself such a woman as lisbeth for example at once patient and complaining self-renouncing and exacting brooding the livelong day over what happened yesterday and what is likely to happen tomorrow and crying very readily both at the good and the evil. But a certain awe mingled itself with her idolatrous love of Adam, and when he said, "'Leave me alone,' she was always silenced. So the hours passed, to the loud ticking of the old day-clock, and the sound of Adam's tools. At last he called for a light and a draught of water— Beer was a thing only to be drunk on holidays, and Lisbeth ventured to say, as she took it in, "Thy supper stands ready for thee, when thee likest.' dunna thee sit up, mother,' said Adam, in a gentle tone. He had worked off his anger now, and whenever he wished to be especially kind to his mother, he fell into his strongest native accent and dialect, with which, at other times, his speech was less deeply tinged i'll see to father when he comes home maybe he wanna come home at all to-night i shall be easier if thee to bed nay i'll bide till seth comes he wanna be long now i reckon it was then past nine by the clock which was always in advance of the days and before it had struck ten the latch was lifted and seth entered he had heard the sound of the tools as he was approaching why mother he said how is it as father's working so late it's none of their featherers as is a working they might know that well enough if their head a full o' chaplain it's their brother as does everything. for there's niver nobody else i the way to do nothing lisbeth was going on for she was not at all afraid of seth and usually poured into his ears all the querulousness which was repressed by her awe of adam seth had never in his life spoken a harsh word to his mother and timid people always wreak their peevishness on the gentle but seth with an anxious look had passed into the workshop and said "Addie, how's this what father's forgot the coffin ay lad old tale. But I shall get it done,' said Adam, looking up and casting one of his bright keen glances at his brother. "'Why, what's the matter with thee? Thee ti not trouble.' Seth's eyes were red, and there was a look of deep depression on his mild face. "'Yes, Addy. But it's what must be born, and can't be helped. "'Why, thee's never been to the school, then?' "'School?' No, that screw can wait, said Adam, hammering away again. Let me take my turn now, and to thee go to bed, said Seth. No, lad, I'd rather go on now I'm in harness. Thee'd help me to carry it to Broxen when it's done. I'll call thee up at sunrise. Go and eat thy supper, and shut the door so as I mayn't hear mother's talk. Seth knew that Adam always meant what he said, and was not to be persuaded into meaning anything else. So he turned with a rather heavy heart into the house-place. "'Adam's niver touched a bit o' victuals in home he's come,' said Lisbeth. "'I reckon thee'st had thy supper at some o' the Methody folks.' "'Nay, mother,' said Seth, "'I've had no supper yet.' "'Come, then,' said Lisbeth. But dunna thee ate the taters, for Adam'll happen ate em if I leave em standin'. He loves a bit o taters and gravy, but he's been so sore and angered he wouldn't ate em, for all I'd put in em by a purpose for him. And he's been a-threatening to go away again, she went on, whimpering, and I'm fast sure he'll go some dawning afore I'm up and never let me know aforehand, and he'll never come back again when once he's gone and i'd bitter niver ha had a son as is like no other body son for the deftness and the handiness and so looked on by the grit folks and tall and upright like a poplar-tree and me to be parted from him and never see him no more come mother dunna grieve thyself in vain said seth in a soothing voice thee's not half so good reason to think as adam'll go away as to think he'll stay with thee he may say such a thing when he's in wrath, but he's got excuse for being wrathful sometimes, but his heart ud never let him go. Think how he stood by us all when it's been none so easy, paying his savings to free me from going for a soldier, and turning his earnings into wood for father when he's got plenty of uses for his money. And many a young man like him ud ha been married and settled before now he'd never turn round and knock down his own work, and forsake them, as it's been the labour of his life to stand by.' "'Dunna talk to me about Smarin,' said Lisbeth, crying afresh. He set his heart on that hetty sorrel, as'll niver save a penny, and'll toss up a head at's old mother. And to think as he might ha' Mary Burge, and betook partners, "'and be a big man with workmen under him, like Mester Burge. "'Dolly's told me so o'er and o'er again. "'If it warner as he sets out on that bit of a wench, "'as is a no more use nor the gillyflower on the wall. "'And he's so wise at booking and figuring, "'and not to know no better na' that.' "'But, mother!' Thee know'st we canna love just where other folks ud have us. There's nobody but God can control the heart of man. I could a wished myself as Adam could have made another choice, but I wouldn't reproach him for what he can't help. And I'm not sure but what he tries to overcome it. But it's a matter as he doesn't like to be spoke to about, and I can only pray to the Lord to bless and direct him. "'Aye, thee't ready enough at praying, "'but I dunna see as thee gets much with their praying. "'They wantna get double earnings this side o' Yule. "'The Methodies'll never make thee half the man their brother is, "'for all they're a-making a preacher on thee.' "'It's partly truth thee speaks there, mother,' said Seth mildly. "'Adam's far before me.' And's has done far more from me than I can ever do for him. God distributes talents to every man according as he sees good, but thee must na undervalley prayer. Prayer may na bring money, but it brings us what no money can buy, a power to keep from sin and be content with God's will, whatever he may please to send if thee wouldst pray to god to help thee and trust in his goodness thee wouldst na be so uneasy about things uneasy am i the right on't to be uneasy it's well seen on thee what it is never to be uneasy They'd away all the earnings, and never be uneasy as thee's nothing laid up again a rainy day. If Adam had been as easy as thee, he'd never had no money to pay for thee. Take no thought for the morrow, take no thought, that's what thee't all is saying. And what comes on't? Why, as Adam has to take thought for thee. "'Those are the words of the Bible, mother,' said Seth. They don't mean as we should be idle. They mean we shouldn't be over-anxious and worritin ourselves about what'll happen to-morrow, but do our duty, and leave the rest to God's will. Aye, aye, that's the way with thee. The arless makes a peck o' the own words out of pint o' the Bibles. I dunna see how thee to know as take no thought for the morrow, "'Means all that, and when the Bible's such a big book, and thee canst read all through it, and had a pick o' the texas, I canna think why thee doesna pick better words as dunna mean so much more, nor they say, Adam doesna pick that un I can understand the texas, he's alas a saying, God helps them as helps their sins.' Nay, mother, said Seth, that's no text o the Bible. It comes out of a book as Adam picked up at the stall at Treddleson. It was wrought by a knowing man, but overworldly, I doubt. However, that saying's partly true, for the Bible tells us we must be workers together with God. Well, how am I to know? it sounds like a tex but what's the matter with the lad thee'd hardly a bit bitter supper dost na mean to her no more na that bitter oat-cake and thee looks as white as a flick o new bacon what's the matter with thee nothing to mind about mother i'm not hungry i'll just look in at adam again and see if he'll let me go on with the coffin ah drop "'Warm broth,' said Lisbeth, whose motherly feeling now got the better of her nattering habit, "'I'll set two-three sticks alight in a minute.' "'Nay, mother, thank thee, thee very good,' said Seth gratefully, and encouraged by this touch of tenderness he went on, "'Let me pray a bit with thee for Father, and Adam, and all of us. It'll comfort thee, Happen, more than thee thinkst. Well, I've nothing to say again it. End of chapter four, part one, recording by Tom Denham.
0: Plus